It's the Friendly Fire Show episode 143 for the first half of August 29th, not August, July, July 2019. I don't know what day it is. Uh, I'm Steve from Survivor. I'm Ben from Survivor. You know who you are, at least. That's good. Well, that's good. Well, like, time's flying, but I guess not that fast. Um, I almost not wish it was fly. August because then it would be September and October and we get some decent games again. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, how are you, Ben? I'm very good. We've had some decent games in the last few weeks. What are you talking about? There's been a few. Yeah, but it's like there's nothing like newsy going on. As we'll, oh, uh, that's true. We'll find out in the second half of this uh, episode. It's called <laughs> uh, the period between E3 and Gamescom where nothing happens. Where all the PR people are dead uh, or they're planning for Gamescom and they have nothing to tell us. So it's just kind of like ghost town. We're not speaking about that today. That's what we're of up to. Of course not. That's it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's There's some the of that PR in the news, talk. actually. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into uh, what we've been playing, then. Um, I might start off because I think you've played a bit of this. Uh, I played the EA original uh, game called Sea of Solitude, mm. uh, made by Joe Me, Joe Mai, um, a developer, a development studio. There we go. Um, of twelve people based in Berlin, and it's in that kind of same like really emotional indie space as Unravel. And, um, Faye or F, F E, and, uh, not a way out at all, but same kind of vein. Um, it was okay, I guess. How far have you gotten into it? The, um, I'm up to the second chapter or level, I think. So not very far in, but I've got the gist. It's, it really throws down at the start. It's, Hey, it's the monster is depression and feeling bad. Yeah. Um, and it, it rides that for the next three chapters after the second um which is fine like yeah i think you just play it in in spurts and you'll get more out of it um there's kind of like a new there's obviously a lot of uh influence from zelda the wind waker in in terms of its look um when it's light and bright and you're kind of out of the doldrums but when you're fully depressed and fully lonely it looks more like limbo so it looks really good um but then kind of like every specific chapter when you're not just kind of like on a boat or dealing with being in the water type thing. Um, there's kind of like a new gameplay mechanic that gets thrown at you and just like milked, utterly milked uh, until the chapter's over. And then they introduce a new kind of gameplay mechanic. Um, it gets repetitive and kind of drawn out and worn out pretty quickly. Um, but the story is kind of interesting. It's not like a lot of stuff that you're going to play. Um, so I, I still kind of recommended it, but I'm not, well, over the moon about it. That's what they're going for, right? They're going for the bite-sized gameplay. Play one chapter here and there. Because as soon as I hit chapter two or whatever I got to, remember it was chapter three, I felt like, all right, that's it. You know, I'm I'm meant to be playing this in chapters, kind of Life is Strange style. Not to sound bad, it just kind of it really kind of felt like that is a chunk of game done. So this would be a yeah. good time to stop playing if you'd like. Well, and and they sent this like press kit with like a video from the developer and stuff um, with the review code. Um, and EA and Joe Mai, they're all, you know, like very, very much leaning into this is like a story about loneliness and it's all about the narrative and, you know, the feelings that you get. Um, and all that aside, kind of the best thing I like about the game is that there's this great sense of exploration. Um, so you kind of just dropped into this relatively open world with maybe some puzzle elements to get from different place to different place. Um, but there are like collectible message messages in bottles and collectible 
um, seagulls around the environment. And I had more fun kind of going and trying to find them and seeing what I could climb up and what I could kind of get around to more than just kind of playing through the game. But when you stop and don't worry about the depressed, you know, black monster bird thing over there and you just kind of go hunting for collectibles, it really detracts from that whole narrative experience, I think. Mm, so it's, absolutely. it's weird. I, I think it needed it. Um, but it, it's kind of at odds with the core of the game. I suspect people who are not you, who are not getting the achievements, don't care about the 40 seagulls to shoe. Cause that's like, <laughs> so the bottles, it gives you a little message. So I imagine if you link them all together, there'll be something there. Probably not something great, mm. but something. The seagulls, you just basically tell them to fly away. So it's not really anything in it. Yeah. I got about 20 of each like hunting fairly regularly, but then at a certain point, I'm just like, I want to finish this game so I can review it and be done with it. So I'm sure now, there's pre- achievement guides that I could follow up. It It's not an indie game, right? Because it's published by EA. So it may be a small developer, but it can't be indie, even though they keep saying it is. Am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, I'm not quite. Well, EA Originals is supposed to be indie, but when EA is backing you, yeah, like it's like an oxymoron, really. It's not indie. It's EA has picked up a small game, and now it's not indie. It's big publisher. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, it's I think it's like thirty bucks or so. So it's kind of pricey for what it is. Yeah, it is pricey. Um, but I I uh, see. Like I'm kind of torn. Like I do recommend it, but like not with a lot of like compat or not compassion. Like it's, I I don't really stand behind it, but it's pretty. It's decent enough. You know, it felt like a game that should be on Game Pass, but it won't be, of course, because it will be on EA Access instead. So can't even wait for that. Well, something that is good and I'm really happy to talk about is Super Mario Maker 2. Um, I don't know if you picked it up or not, Ben. I picked it up. It's an excellent game. It's very similar to Mario Maker 1, really. But uh, I think there's enough difference to warrant the sequel as opposed to the 50 Wii U ports we already had on Switch. I think it was a good one to... Here's a new game, even though it's just building off the last one. But well, it's yeah, really and, good. And the the building stuff is great. I'm not really like the, the make a level of a game kind of person. No, more I, I know from our, our PAX panel in about, what was that, 2014, <laughs> where we had to make a... <laughs> oh, God, that was awful. Uh, you and I with Alice Clark uh, were making a stage <laughs> against three developers. And in front of a large crowd of people, we had to then swap and play with people who, mind you, make games for a living. And we didn't really play test our stage, so actually it was terrible. Uh, no, the guys from No kicked our ass. Like, yeah, and they had there's a, not a even classic, a nice way to put it. Yeah, they they really <laughs> bamboozled us with a pipe at the end that we went down that took us back to the start of the level, which was just very embarrassing. So yeah, they destroyed us. Anyway, I know your level of skill from that. Well, yeah, so, so I'm really glad that the the story mode is there. So it's um a hundred or so or more levels made by like Nintendo people who make Mario levels Mm. um, who will introduce a stage to kind of show you how some of the mechanics work, but they'll also just, you know, like make a stage that they've maybe wanted to be making forever. That doesn't fit the normal Mario rules, but is really neat and interesting and and cool. So I really like playing through the story mode to see what people can do and kind of see how Mario gets turned on its head. And that's like, that's all I need. I don't need the rest of the building stuff. I just want to play those levels and maybe we, good ones that people have made that aren't in the same vein of the no guys it's like sadistic yeah. because 
I've just been playing through, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's just like a constant challenge mode. So you keep playing random levels until you run out of lives, basically. And it tells you what your rank is in the world um, based on other people doing this. So you, you can just play on easy if you want. And so that's, I don't know how levels get ranked, but you can just play on levels considered easy or medium or hard or whatever you want. So you don't have to play the brutal levels um, and you can skip if you find one that's just too ridiculous. So I've just been playing that. You just get level after level. Some of them are weird. Some of them you finish in like 10 seconds. Some of them are quite hard. Uh, and it's really fun because it's it's nonsense that Nintendo would never make. But the person who made it had to make a way to finish it. So you know it's all possible. Yeah, that's a good thing. I, we, we hang shit on Nintendo quite a bit for like the Nintendo hold your hand at every corner kind of thing. But I do like that you have to be able to finish the level before you can upload it. Yeah. So you're not... And you can see the time in this mode that the the person who uploaded it took. Uh, So quite often you can see that they have mastered their level. They know what they're doing. So you're not going to beat those times because you don't know what you're doing. But uh, yeah, at least you have some idea of, is this going to be a level where I should just fall on the flag straight away? Or is it going to be a four minute real slog to get there? And if it's that, I'm probably going to skip it. Cool. Um, Let's continue on. Uh, so I played a Frogwares game called The Sinking City. Have you heard of it? I haven't played it. I have heard the name. I've seen your achievements pop up. And to be honest, before that, I had not heard of it. So I'm not that cool. aware. So it's by the same guys who've done all of those Sherlock Holmes games. Um, oh, like yeah. Sherlock Holmes Crime and Punishments, I think, maybe was the last one, if not one of the last ones. Um, and those were pretty wrote kind of by the time you'd played one or two so you know you go to an area it takes you there straight away you investigate all the things you uncover these things you um go into this little like mind palace i don't think it was called that in sherlock holmes but you look at the evidence and kind of form conclusions based upon it and sometimes you can think that you know bob is evil or sometimes bob is good so it's that kind of core that's still there um but you play as a an ex-diver who is now a private investigator who's gone to this sleepy town of Oakland. Um, and it's kind of the call of Cthulhu. Uh, what's his name? Lovecraft Ian inspired tale. So you have these weird um, waking nightmares, delusions, and you're kind of drawn to this town to figure out what's going on. And people from all around the world are drawn in the same way with these weird visions they've been having. Um, and the biggest difference, I guess, in the Frogwares formula is that it's an open world game. So uh, you look at some evidence. It says, you know, like this guy had a, a match book on his, on him and it's for a bar that's on Spencer street between William and Burke. And you got to like try to figure out where that is. And there's like six buildings in that corner. So you kind of just have to like look around and find um, the building that's actually the building that you can go in and then continue your investigation. So there's not a lot of hand-holding, which I really, really like. Um, <clears throat> I like the idea of Cthulhu, but I've never actually, like, read. Um, what's that story called? God, The Call of Cthulhu, I think, is the Lovecraft story that's, you know, the big one. Um, so I kind of went into it unaware of what was going to happen, but I knew there was this, like, giant octopusy tentacle god thing. Um, and I, as you kind of alluded to got all the achievements in the game because i was just so enamored with that i just kept playing and playing and playing so it's it's weird it's really good and it's something that's kind of just like a little bit unusual that i think is fun now and again uh if you're sick of playing like apex or assassin's mm. creed or whatever you've been playing 
I think I like these games which are less handholdy, but sometimes I just get too annoyed when I just I don't know where to go. And I'm so used to following the big yellow dot because Ubisoft has told me that's what to do that I I can't get past it. Well, yeah, and that's true. Um, if you are stuck and you want to play it, Ben, uh, there's most of the case, uh, the main cases are now in guide form on the site, and I'm going to oh, finish okay. up the rest now that I've worked out all the paths to get all the achievements. So you can always do that. Um, the one really bad thing about it is that combat is absolutely awful. Um, you just move like molasses. The enemies are quick and annoying and are bullet sponges that have like weak points that don't really seem to matter. But the game's kind of a little bit broken in that half the time. If you need to inspect something and then beat all the enemies or you beat all the enemies to inspect something, you can kind of cheat and try to inspect the item or whatever you need. And if you die, it kind of just like teleports you out of the house when you respawn and you don't necessarily have to go back in. So it's like, oh, well, I just avoided killing like 10 enemies. So I can just continue on my way. Oh, you um, told me which... there. You've... <laughs> the game's a little bit broken, combat shit, and you can just kind of run past everything. But Perfect. like Sea of Solitude, it's unique and weird. So yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I'll miss that, but it sounds uh, weird. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it is weird. Um. I like it. I like the Sherlock Holmes games as well. I kind of just like that. And like way back in the day, like the CSI games that they used to have, just kind of like procedural stuff. Um, I weirdly relax playing those types of things. So that's my weird brain. All right. Cool. Um, (laughs) Let's just finish with Crash. Um, You've played this as well, I believe. I have played Crash. What is this game even called? It's got a ridiculous Crash name. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. That's right, because one of the PS2 games was called Nitro something. So, anyway. Yeah, uh, it's a combination of game. Nitro Kart and yes, Team Racing. that's it. That's what I was thinking of. It's basically Team Racing remade with the Nitro Kart tracks, I think. With Yeah, and not all of the Nitro Kart mechanics. Yes. Because you used to be able to go like upside down or something, or is that just total Mario Kart that I'm confusing now? Um, I don't think I actually played Nitro Kart. Played the original. Anyway, that's what we're talking about here. It I is, played uh, two minutes of the original with you at Bartronica, and that's yeah. the only time I've played Crash Team Racing before. And that is how you know it's true to that, in that the AI is absolutely brutal on the normal difficulty. So oh, it destroys yeah. you. If you are struggling to get through the adventure mode... Um, well, good luck to you. It's hard on normal. They've added a few options. So you can just play exactly as it was on PS1, or you can play the nitro-fueled version, which allows you to make it easy if you want. And I tell you what, that's worth considering because it's quite frustrating otherwise. But the downside with that is that easy is too easy. Easy is too easy. And then medium is like classic uh, difficulty. And it like that borderline is frustratingly yeah, they're, they're too hard. They're missing a difficulty. But this is a multiplayer game, much like Mario Kart. So if you play with actual friends, I think it's great fun. Um, it destroys Sonic Team Racing. I think that's what that's called. What are those called? Yeah. You have no other option, really, on Xbox or PlayStation. It'd be a bit of a weird choice to buy this on Switch when Mario Kart 8 is right there. Uh, but Xbox, PlayStation, this is by far the best kart racer with friends online. Um, that's how you want to play, I think. Once you've mastered the little boost jump thing, that took me a little while to get back into yeah, and it was kind of like the way that they tried to describe it, it was confusing. I didn't quite get that you could chain yeah, like, you the can three chain together. And you can get the I just thought you boost. just did three one after the other. No, yeah. you can just hold down the one button and just boost it three times. 
I get it now. That's it. Um, yeah, it's crucial. So uh, I played briefly with the developers at E3, and they kind of really forced the thing of, uh, this is what made our game different when we we're competing against Mario Kart 64, and it is the main thing. Like, if you're not doing the boosting properly, don't play. So, yeah, it took me a little while to get back into it, but it's it's good once you get it. And because of that, I feel like there's more skill involved in this than a Mario Kart. Uh, but then when you probably. turn up the AI, like all the enemies just team up on you and use all their power-ups against you, and then it becomes Mario Kart again. Like it's I just think, like uh, the blue shell is in a different form. Yeah, that's true to an extent. I think there's less rubber banding, though. So if you're first in Mario Kart, you're probably not going to finish first because you don't want to be first too early. Uh, and if you're coming last, you can nearly always get back up into some way competitive. Uh, and that's not true in Crash. You, If you're coming first, you'll probably keep it, especially if you have a defensive item. And they just, the fake blue shell, whatever it is, a big blue orb is not as good. So, or it's not as frequent at least. So it's, it's there, but they've toned it down compared to Mario Kart. Yeah. I think at least. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. I think that the loading screens take forever, especially in adventure mode. Mm. There's like a loading screen between you finishing the race if you win, which might take you like eight or 10 tries on normal, depending on how you go. And then there's like this giant loading screen so you can get on the podium and accept your prize. And then there's like yeah. a giant loading screen before you're back in the world again. It's so unnecessary. I'm not even joking. I walked away after one adventure mode race, unpacked my dishwasher, came back, wasn't done. <laughs> so like it takes ages. But that is a problem. If it was on Switch, I'd get it. But this is Xbox One X, mate. Like it should be snappy. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. But there's heaps of content, heaps of tracks because uh, of the Nitro Kart ones as well. Uh, you can make weird races. I don't really get into that myself, but if you want, you can play with weirdly generated versions of Crash and the little panda thing and Coco and I forget the other characters. A bunch I've never heard of. Uh, but you <laughs> and if can, yeah, heaps of stuff there. Yeah, and if you're playing on uh, medium difficulty and have to redo a race in adventure mode... <laughs> A you dozen times. You get a lot of coins with yeah. which you can then buy customization things if you so choose. Well, I think they're adding more, aren't they? all pretty. Didn't they say they were adding more tracks or something? Uh, or there's a three? Grand Prix mode that is now in the game. It got patched in okay, last yeah. week, I think, and along like alongside this giant fix for PS4 that if you did the mode involving, like, time trial involving ghosts. The ghost data could get too big and it could corrupt your entire PS4 save. So that's been fixed, at least. That's good. Good work. Hurrah. And then anything else you've been playing that you want to talk about? <laughs> no, that's it. I haven't played anything. I went back to Watch Dogs 2 after we talked about how good Legion was last episode. So I, f- I finally actually ticked a game off my backlog. We don't talk about old games on this program, but I am excited to have gone back to something three years old I have. I don't know what you do with groups on Xbox, but I have one set up, which is backlog, uh, which is games yeah, that I, I intend to finish. So anything which I've tried and I've given up and I'm not going to go back to, that's not in the backlog group because it would be like 100 games. Games I do want to go back to. Uh, and Watch Dogs 2 has been in there for three years. So glad <laughs> to have taken it out. I have a group called Current and a group called yep. Maybe. <laughs> and then I the have, ones yep. that I intend to finish go into Maybe. I have Current. I've been I doing the same backlog. thing with... Uh, and have multiplayer just to keep them separate. I've been doing the same thing with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I think I have like eighteen more achievements to go. I just have the Hidden oh. Blade DLC. Uh, I'm not keeping them in there for achievements, just to finish the game. Jeez, that's too much. <laughs> no, that's 
That's why I have things in my groups. Let's be honest. That is true. I I know this is not why they made groups, but removing something from group when you have it in there for years is an amazing feeling. So do something with that Xbox. Make that like a thing. <laughs> like an achievement to like I don't know. It just needs to be something rewarding. <laughs> Remove the group. Anyway, uh, let's get into the news. Mm, let's do it. And like I said, Ben, this is really not that interesting in terms of news, but um, there's some stuff that we can talk about. The first being, uh, there's been a couple potential leaks of a Nintendo Switch Mini. Um, one came from the Nikai in Japan. I don't know if I've said that right, but deal with it. Uh, and there's been a number of kind of um, peripheral leaks to the same effect where we get third-party um, peripheral makers uh accidentally advertising some Switch Mini stuff a bit early. Um, Nintendo's come back and said that they're not going to talk about it either way because they don't want to spoil the surprise, which to me, like, that response indicates they, that it's coming. <laughs> yes, they basically said, shut up. We are, we're not talking about that yet. So they confirmed it today. With what they said today, if they just said we don't comment on rumor and speculation, that would be their standard line. But they said because we don't want to spoil the surprise. So... It's definitely... They've announced it. It's happening. Yeah. Well, imagine if it didn't happen and they're just like, oh, no, we just didn't want to... We just wanted to give you false hope. That's cool, right? Yeah. You guys like that? Well, so, I don't uh, really think it's for us. I think it's going to be a, a watered-down version because they're looking to replace the 3DS. So a Switch costs about 400 Australian or so, and a 3DS is probably like 150 or 200. Uh, and they, they want something in that market. Probably not quite that cheap, maybe 250. And So it'll be a weird 2DS type thing well that's exactly it they did this already with 2ds and i'm pretty sure they did it when the pokemon game came out or was it a year before maybe and then they bundled them together so no, i think it was enough, it was have, with the pokemon game we have pokemon games coming out this year i absolutely expect them to be pre-installed on a switch mini uh and that makes sense and it's it's targeting that kid market who you need something a bit more durable because let's face it if you drop your switch you're in trouble if you drop your 2DS, that original one at least, I mean, I did a drop test with it. It just bounces. It's a Fisher and Price toy, so very well <laughs> made. Um, and it, it looks like from the um, cover kind of thing that was leaked, the silicon case, that the Joy-Cons won't be coming off. It'll be inbuilt, which makes sense. That's how, because you can't really make the Joy-Cons smaller, so the only way to do that is to make the whole thing smaller. Um, yeah, and it, well, and you save money by, you, know, yeah. you can get rid of all the stuff that connects it to a... You save, two ba- oh. you save two batteries. Each Joy-Con has, like, even when it's plugged in, I'm pretty sure it still communicates wirelessly to the Switch. So you save money on all that stuff. I I think it will still switch to TV. I think they'll have a dock for it, but it just won't come with it. It'll be, you take that out of the box. Oh, okay. I thought I heard um, that it didn't, but that's I'm probably wrong. Well, that's just the rumor. I heard that as a rumor. So I'm just guessing here. I'm thinking you'd, I know that they took 3DS, 3D out of 3DS, um, but I don't think they're going to take the Switch out of Switch. So I think they'll just sell it separately. It'll be optional if you want that, and it will be a more condensed, easy dock. So if you have your original Switch and you don't want that big bulky thing, they'll say, here's a better dock, 100 bucks, please. It's just my guess of what they'll do. No, I think think it will be announced. It'll have to be announced soon. Like it's coming out. For I think, like you said, Pokemon or at least holiday 2019. It'll be in November. I'm pretty sure. It's a matter of weeks before we hear about this. It'll it'll have to be. Well, Nintendo, they're a bit different to everyone else. They do a direct whenever they want. 
Everyone yeah. else is kind of tied to, you know, E3, Gamescom, Sony especially is more Paris Games Week, maybe uh, Tokyo Game Show. Nintendo are at most of those things, but they don't necessarily announce big there. So they're happy just to say, hey, we're doing a Nintendo Direct tomorrow morning. And it, they actually did it for New 3DS, I think, because we got it first in Australia and that was a super late announcement before it came out too. So yeah, they. I don't think there'll be a big lead time. I think they'll announce it and it will be out relatively quickly. Cool. Uh, moving on to completely not... Well, it's not video game related, but I guess you can play PUBG Mobile and Fortnite and stuff on it. Um, the Australian Consumer Competition Council... No, I didn't do that right. The ACCC. What's it stand for? That's not right. Let's not get bogged down in that. The A is Australian. One of the C the is consumer. <laughs> Some of those words probably in a different order. Uh, they are taking Samsung to court over misleading ads uh, for the Galaxy range of smart devices because uh, Samsung's ads are basically saying you can take the smartphone into the ocean, into the pool, just submerge it in water for fun, where really it's kind of water resistant to a very specific point. Uh, and salt water for one doesn't count. And uh, yeah, from that the sound bad. of most of the disclaimers, most freshwater things aren't going to do a really good thing with uh, the resistance either. So it's weird. I just thought it was kind of noteworthy. That is weird. I mean, I do have a Galaxy S8, slightly dated now, uh, which is my first water-resistant phone. And I've I've still never thought I'm going to jump in the ocean with it on my mini surfboard. So uh, terrible advertising, but I I never thought it was that water-resistant. I kind of thought more if I accidentally jump in a pool and I take it out straight away, it will survive. At least that's what I'm hoping would happen. Were you thinking pool you know, or were you thinking like if you're looking at your phone whilst on the toilet or something and drop it in the toilet, you're maybe good? <laughs> I've, Everyone's dropped I've a phone that. in a toilet, haven't they? I've dropped a phone in a toilet. I'll admit it. I, I have not actually. I, I don't actually. I know a lot of people do their phone in the bathroom, but I'm, I haven't done that too often. Normally, I forget. You're a better man than someone. I. <laughs> uh, I like personally I didn't use it got... after I dropped it in the toilet. It was done after that. Like I knew, <laughs> I knew it was. <laughs> but I, still, I used to take my phone into the shower, like not fully into the shower, but like I had a shower that took a long time to get warm. So I would like crank mm. it, turn it on, turn it to hot. And it was cold in the winter. So I'd kind of like stand half in the shower, half out, kind of waiting for it to warm up. And eventually like it, like I was doing something. So I'd kind of stand with my phone kind of like half in the shower, half out, finishing an email or whatever I was doing. Um, and I did that for enough time that the steam eventually like absolutely destroyed both of the cameras in the phone. Like the phone still worked fine, but like, the moisture must have like gotten into the camera lenses and kind of condensed and like you just couldn't use the camera because it was like weird watery wet gross okay i'm not going to ask what you were really doing with your phone in the shower because this is oh, a no, program <laughs> not that no no okay. not that uh, no but yeah okay okay we'll move right along we don't need to know about that yeah really let's uh, move on don't, um don't jump in the pool all I want to know is, did they do the beer test where they put the phone in a pint and if it doesn't survive 10 minutes, it's not water resistant? Because let's face it, the main way your phone is getting water damage is someone in the pub spills their entire beer over your phone. And that is that's when true, I need actually. it to survive. So and that's do that happened test. to me a couple times in my lifetime. Yeah. So, yes. Don't take your phone into the shower or the bathroom. I'm I'm gross. That's what I'm getting from this. Um, moving right along, Remedy, uh, my favorite game developer. I'll pretty much say that and not even... Yeah, no, I think they are. Um, mostly because of Alan Wake. Uh, they have 
reacquired the publishing rights, not reacquired. I guess they've taken the publishing rights uh, to Alan Wake from Microsoft. Could I have introduced that any worse? Did they get them back because the contract lapsed or did they buy them back? I think they must have bought them. So um, winding it back, Alan Wake first came out on the Xbox 360. It was published by Microsoft Game Studios. It was developed by Remedy. From what I have read and understood and have spoken to Remedy about, they always had the IP itself to Alan Wake, but they didn't have the publishing rights. Right, to so that game. Um, That's pretty common, I think. Yeah, and then it went to Steam, uh, and then it got pulled, I think, from Steam and even Xbox 360, I think, for a little while because of some uh, licensing issues with some of the songs that were in the game. And then they've fixed that and they've gone back up on both platforms. And now it's, it's been backwards compatible on Xbox for a while. Um, Remedy just kind of came out and said, we have the publishing rights now. Um, We're not going to do much with it because we're putting out control in a couple months, but we have it. We just wanted you to know. Um, It could be a little hint on that to what they're going to do after control. So they may well, as well announce it. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely replay uh, Alan Wake again on Xbox One, especially if I get more achievements. Um, but outside of my weird achievement world, if you're on PS4 or something and you've never played it, you don't have a PC. It couldn't be that much effort for Remedy, maybe with 505 Games help because they're doing control um, to put out Alan Wake on PS4 and you know, like find this whole new audience. Maybe in doing so getting enough interest in a sequel, which is really what I want out of this. I'd say at this point, they may as well wait until next gen. We're about a year off, maybe a bit more. They want to focus on control anyway. So yeah, it's probably a bit late to do it for this gen, but yeah. It could be I'd buy it on Xbox One. I'd buy it on Xbox Two. Mm. As long as there's a separate achievements, I'll just keep buying it. It'll be my new well, Resident Evil 4. You don't need to on Xbox. You can just play the 360 version. It's sorted. You're all good. <laughs> I, new achievements, Ben. I told you. Yes, well, and 4K textures and stuff because I don't think that they probably have. I don't that. think I don't think the back compat has any bells and whistles, no. but it's still really good. If you haven't played it, please get a copy of it. It's on PC, it's on Steam, it's on uh, Xbox One back compat with 360. It's really really good. Cool, good for Remedy and by Control. Keep giving Remedy money so they can do things that I want them to do. That would be great. Uh, kind of related companies that could use uh the media limelight that's not the word i want exposure that's what i'm talking about uh konami with pez 2019 the game was supposed to be part of the playstation plus july lineup and like a day before not even uh it was supposed to be free to subscribers sony swapped it out for its own detroit become human uh konami said that they had nothing to do with it it was all sony's fault and uh sony in explaining all this has kept pretty quiet, which is really weird. Very unusual. I mean, we've had this with PlayStation Plus and Xbox games with gold when a game has swapped in a region and normally it's because it wasn't released there or it was just never classified there or something weird. Um, Never have we had a game this big that is freely available everywhere just swapped out last minute. And they only announced it a few days before, so something must have happened in those couple of days. Well, it sounded like... Admittedly, you looked at that lineup. It's um, Horizon Chase Turbo. Not even the real Horizon. I noticed how they just said get Horizon next month. And that's very shady, dodgy work that from PlayStation. Oh, yeah. So like a soccer game, a football game that's that's clearly second, especially 
Well, it's not now, bad, but it's just the next pairs is coming out in like two months. So it's it's kind of worthless. Yeah, but twenty I think 2019, maybe 2018. 2019 or the year before was kind of the year that FIFA acquired the big license that Pez used to have. So Pez was already kind of pared down and, and kind of like a a big ant cricket game. Like, oh, it's kind of it's the same people. Yeah. You just they're they're named Bob Smith this time. Don't worry about it. It is dodgy licensing Pez. So a lot of people, at least a few years ago, preferred the gameplay. But uh, a lot of the teams, you know, you don't have Liverpool. You have like uh, West London or whatever it Kidney is. Kidney Pool. It's no, it's come back. Yeah, joke. yeah. Good one. <laughs> Sorry. That's what they should do. Uh, cool. And so you have your dodgy players. You just have a few teams that are licensed. So it's kind of weird that you have the Premier League and you've got 18 fake teams, but then you've got real Manchester United. I think yeah. that might be... Is that what they lost? I can't even remember. There's a reason they have David Beckham, a guy who retired like 10 years ago, as their cover guy because they just can't get anyone else. Well, and the license situation's so bad now, like the new one's called eFootball, Pez 2020, and it's kind of just like, it's a football sim. It's yeah. like, yeah, okay. That sounds great. Um, so, like, on one hand, with the, all that, I get that people who subscribe to PlayStation Plus looked at this lineup and went, that's atrocious. That's probably the worst month I've seen. Well, especially now that reporting only, on PlayStation Plus. It's only two games. They stopped for, like, when was that, three or four months ago. So you only get half as much for more money than it used to cost. Uh, I mean, at least Xbox still, sometimes they're pretty dodgy too, but at least you still get four games. So, yeah. But, like, and the weird thing is with me, half the time, or more than half the time, a majority of the time, either subscription service, I probably already have the games on offer on one platform or the other. So, like, I don't really care anymore. It's like, oh, that's, like, a nice bonus. It's, like, cool. I've seen a lot of people that are, like, really happy about the Switch. But I've also seen a lot of people that are like, I already have Detroit. Like, it's a PlayStation game made by Sony. I already bought it. I was kind of keen to try to play this football game. And maybe, if I liked it, buy the new one. And now I can't because you guys swapped it. Like, it's, it seems really dodgy to make that advertisement and then swap it out. If there if there's not a reason that it had to come out, which Konami said there isn't, uh, yeah. if we believe that, then Sony should have added another game instead of taking away one. Or take away the fake Horizon, whatever that is. That's going to be trash, almost definitely. So. Well- so if I had to assume, I'm assuming that Sony realized that people didn't like the lineup. They went, okay, well, we have a first party game. No one is keen on Pez and we'll keep this weird like horizon racing game bullshit that there is. And they just, they did like a straight swap, which like is like, like well-intentioned, I suppose. But yeah, like there's nothing wrong with them just adding in Detroit Become Human they should have on top it. of what was already oh. announced. And let's face it, Detroit is not a big Sony exclusive. It's a lower tier one. It's super cheap now. I think it was like maybe $19 on Amazon last week or something like that. Oh, but it's it's the the special edition one that also gives you heavy rain. So there's a little bit of extra value in that as well. Oh, But then like they went from two games that were kind of dodgy to like four games that are all still kind of dodgy, but at least you get four games. Heavy rain is not bad, but they've had that on PlayStation Plus before. I yeah, think. that's true. It's, they should it's have just done situation. a best of David Cage. You could have had Beyond, <laughs> what's that called? Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls. Uh, let me tell you what, you do not want to play more than one David Cage game anywhere near each other because you have had enough. I tried, <laughs> you do, I'll I tried probably to sue in. you. I tried to get into Beyond, uh, but I just could not. 
Yeah, well, there you go. Um, and I don't know if there's a lot to say about this one, um, keeping in the PS4 slant. Um, PS4 finally gets EA access from the 24th of July. Um, it's the same service that you get on Xbox One, and it's the same service that you get on PC called Origin Access. Uh, so yay? It's one subscription, um, though, right? If you subscribe on one, you get it on both? I don't Xbox think so, do you? Well, so, I don't you don't think with, so you don't with Origin Access, and that's why it has a different name. But these are both called EA Access, the two consoles. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's separate, but I don't know. That I didn't even think about that, to be really honest. really shitty. Uh, I would hope not. No, it's definitely... It's, no, there's no... It's EA we're talking about. Yeah. They're not going to be nice to you. <laughs> that's true. But every... I mean, we're moving into like a description time and everything else, though. You don't subscribe to Netflix on 10 different devices. So, you know... Get with it. Not that you're probably going to play on both. The only reason you would is for if you want the achievements and the trophies, which is potentially uh, why I'm not even would... that obsessed. Yeah, well, yeah. Come on. Not many people would want both. Anyhow. Well, and that's kind of why, like, Ubisoft, I, I'd assume, is staying out of the console game and they're just doing that you play plus PC. PC. I don't think that's the reason. I think it's because heaps of their games are last, last, last gen, like PS2 era. <laughs> And there's just no way to play them on the current platforms. So on PC, they can say, play all of our games ever. On console, it would be like, play 5% of them. I think that's why. And the thing that I can't wrap my head around, now that we're just kind of talking about subscriptions again, as you and I love to do, PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Games with Gold, and I guess maybe even Xbox Game Pass, depending on how you look at it, like with every publisher putting out its own subscription service, are they completely siloing off their games like Ubisoft from a PlayStation plus or an Xbox game games with gold is EA. I don't think there's been a lot of EA games that have been on it. Like, are we? No, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's game pass is the one that's going to be hit more because it's a subscription. Whereas PlayStation plus games with gold seems to be more of a, you know, a, uh, here's some old games for free type of deal. So, yeah. and you only have the one month to get them. They're not there for the whole time. So I, there haven't been any EA games on game pass, but there have been three games with gold and PlayStation plus whether or not they stop that now is yeah, that's the question. Oh, well, there you go. Um, we'll I am see. pulling up my phone, Ben, because I need to read a list of stuff. Uh, and while I'm doing that, I'm just going to set the, set the stage. Uh, Survivor was one of the many, judges on the E3 2019 Game Critics Awards panel. Uh, and you kind of ran point on this. We nominated games. We voted for games. I don't think the games we voted for necessarily won. Uh, but we do have a list of the E3 2019 Game Critics Award yep. winners. So everyone else was wrong, basically. Uh, <laughs> what we voted for is not what won. Although a couple of them did, actually. So uh, best PC game, Doom Eternal, we voted for that, I think, as best PC game. Yeah, uh, and it's the one that I haven't actually played because Jay went to pre E three, so he played it. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's good. Though. I loved it a lot of B roll. It was, it it was, love it. It was good yeah. looking. Um, so the, the biggest winner of this um, entire awards program was Final Fantasy VII remake, or I guess the first part of yeah. question mark total part parts. one of seven. Uh, well, for all we know, uh, it won. Good, but it I, won best of show. Yeah. It won best RPG. Uh, and that's it. 
I think I guess that's two awards. We gave it not a whole bunch. We didn't give it best of show because I don't think it was anywhere near best of show, but it was good. It was one of the better RPGs. Um, and we don't have a preview yet, but we will soon because I don't really understand Final Fantasy. So cool. That, uh, <laughs> and also it's Final Fantasy. And the only thing that's really changed is the battle system and it looks prettier. Uh, did we uh, yeah. vote for control for best of show? I think we did. Uh, I think we voted for, we voted for a few actually, because you had at least three in each category. Uh, so I think we voted for watchdogs control. And what was the other one? That we oh, that was our nominations. If you keep oh, uh, vamping, Ben, I'll find the email that I sent off to Mr. Jeff Keeley. I feel like we actually voted for uh, Watch Dogs Best of Show and uh, Control for Best Original Game, which it didn't win also. Oh. Um, um, where is this? Sorry, I'm, st- I'm just doing a quick search. I know we voted for Control for uh, something, maybe Best Original. I think, I think you're best right. Original Game. Uh, which the Outer Worlds one, so I actually wrote that preview today. You can read that soon. Uh, that's really good too. It, w- it wasn't quite control level for me, I don't think, but it was very much uh, Heard's, um Asidian's reply to Fallout New Vegas. It felt a lot like it, but in their own world. Um, I think it would be really good. So, again, we need to stress that Microsoft now do own them, but they don't have the publishing rights, so this game will still be on PlayStation and PC and Xbox One. Nice. I've got our votes. So uh, we did vote for Watch Dogs Legion, a best of show. Uh, also up in the nominations. I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Too bad. Uh, Borderlands 3, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and The Outer World. Out The Outer Worlds, I should say. So there you go. Um, best original game, The Outer Worlds did win. We voted for Control. Uh, 12 Minutes was another contender as was bleeding edge. I am so not excited for bleeding edge. I don't know if you are any different. I know you had a, a chance to play it and talk to the, uh, the devs behind it, but it just kind of looks like another one of those multiplayer games that yeah. you don't have enough friends to play all the time. Uh, you need a team of four. So um, apex legends, you can play and get away with not really knowing other people, but you will not do that. Um, in Bleeding Edge. So how that works would be interesting. They need to balance it a bit more, and I think that's what they're working on at the moment. So that's why there is an alpha coming up, I believe. Yeah. Um, at some time. I know that there's a, uh, a Gears 5 technical test coming next week, mm. uh, second week of July, and if you are a Games Pass subscriber or you've pre-ordered the game, you're in. So keep that in mind. Uh, uh, best PC awards here. PC game. Best PC game, Doom Eternal. We already talked about that. Best hardware, the Xbox Elite Controller Series 2 at a cool 250 Australian dollars. Now, I would agree with that, but I, I mean, I haven't actually used it, so I got to look at it. Looks good. I like the Elite points, Controller. Anyway. Points for internal battery. like. Well, yeah, but I've been using the Xbox battery thing anyway, so I guess okay. that's why it's more expensive, but you never know. Uh, Doom also, so Doom actually probably did better than Final Fantasy, to be honest. It also won uh, Best Action Game, mm. and I think we voted for that I think we did. As well. No, we didn't. We voted for Call of Duty Modern Warfare as Best Action Game, so it's very good too game. bad for us. I think that was a little bit of the, uh, I haven't played Doom, so I forgot about it when we got to the specific categories, uh, but anyhow, we did nominate it. <laughs> You don't have to match the the winners one for one, Ben. It's okay. Uh, best action adventure game, Watch Dogs Legion. We got that one. Which uh, no, we voted for Control. 
Well, what, what category did we put Watch Dogs in? This is where it gets confusing when they're uh, like... You voted for Watch Dogs as best of show. So you gave it like... Okay. You, in your in your mind, gave it the ultimate gong, which yeah. is, I think, noble. Yeah. Uh, they're all very well-deserving, I, I think. Uh, we talked about best RPG. Best racing game got uh, was Crash Team Racing. That's pretty obvious. Uh, best esports game, eFootball Pro Evolution Soccer 2020. So uh, we'll just skip I've just shat one. upon it, but apparently it was pretty good. So there you go. Uh, best strategy game, John Wick Hex, uh, which looks actually really cool. It's like John Wick plus super hot. Yeah. By the guy who did Thomas was alone. So yeah, that'd be interesting. I think down for that. Uh, one for one, Ben best family game, Luigi's Mansion three, which is what you nominated and voted for. It's, well done. It's not that family though, uh, by Nintendo standards. <laughs> it's just a Nintendo game, so it gets to go in the family category. That's the rules, pretty much. So it's basically Luigi sounds like someone went into a shower with a phone. That's and, I mean, yeah. it will be. It's an all ages game, although little kids probably won't be into it. I'd say. Well, they certainly won't be into the best multiplayer game. Well, actually, they will be because it's Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. So all the six year olds will be begging their parents to buy it, and their parents will just do it because. Now this one—that's that's the joke—is very interesting because we did get to play multiplayer as an E3 judge, but we're not allowed to talk about it. We're only allowed to talk about single player. <laughs> so how did it win best online multiplayer? Because we uh, officially did not see it, but we did. Um, because Activision has a list of all the E3 judges, and they gave you special privilege, which is why check I feel your like check we, your E3 judge privilege, Ben. Because it has won is why I feel like now I can say I have played it because otherwise, how do we vote for it? But also, I cannot, tell you, <laughs> I cannot tell you that Call of Duty has a multiplayer this year. I don't know. I can't confirm that. I'm apparently under an NDA. Well, it makes sense. So they went fully multiplayer <laughs> last year. Now they're just going to go no multiplayer. Yeah. makes perfect sense to me, but even though it did win. Even though it's so. one best online multiplayer. <laughs> Moving along. You, you, meant, you meant Call of Duty Modern Warfare like the, the yeah, 2000 and six release when did that game come out Not 2007 then. and again no, i was close 2013 was it or 14 or 16 16 was when the remake came uh, out anyway i don't know move on. uh best independent game 12 minutes uh did you get a chance to see it or was it just the i did not get a chance to see it. i think it was um just at the xbox conference if it was playable it was tucked away somewhere i didn't see it anywhere it looks really cool. I don't think we actually voted because I don't know if we got a chance to see a lot of the indie games, to be honest. Um, yes. And best and ongoing have, game... We should say you had to have played the game. So that's why you're not hearing anything about your cyberpunks, your dying alliance, that type of stuff. It's not playable, so it can't be voted for. Correct. Uh, best ongoing game, Destiny 2. Uh, I think people just gave Destiny and Bungie a bump because they got rid of Activision. Good on them. Uh, and there was a special commendation for graphics given to... Cyberpunk 2077 because we couldn't give it any other award because we didn't get hands on with it. Mm, and but I we just decided it should win something. Yeah, because it certainly wasn't the best looking game there. No way. But uh, it needed to be commended. So <laughs> that's why you got that, I'd say. It wasn't a bad Special commendation game. for game by a Polish developer named CD Projekt. Yeah, because I was going to say that actually I think Dying Light looked better if we're talking about Polish developers and their graphic abilities. But yes, they, it does look very good. <laughs> It, it, yes, it's just not finished. So, <laughs> Best Not The Witcher game by CD Projekt Red Correct. goes to Cyberpunk 2077. It's quite a dark game. Uh, which I'm actually play. super keen about. Best game with Keanu Reeves in it. Only game. Oh, that's not even the true. I guess technically John Hex, John McHex also has Keanu Reeves in 
of fashion. Well, I think that's why it got the, the combination for graphics because Keanu in the game looks great. So that's enough. It for looks me. way better than in John Wick Hex. That's on. enough for me. <laughs> um, I'm not that happy with the actual winners, to be honest. I think like the hype train kind of took off with Final Fantasy, but um, yeah, it definitely did. That's just because I wanted control to win everything because of my own hype train. Yeah, um, yeah. I just there was a lot of um, love for Final Fantasy generally from the the uh, the public attendees. So yeah, I'm not surprised, but. I did enjoy it. I did like the action. So it's more me, the real-time action rather than all um, turn-based. But yeah, it, it people saying it looks great. I thought it looked okay. I didn't think it looked great. So yeah, it, not finished, of course. This is a demo. The real game won't be it, finished for three years. <laughs> it looks close enough to like uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children and all those like cool CG movies that Square made. So people are just like on board. And admittedly, I'm excited to play it. It might have been the I I could team play we played. We, we, we basically a boss fight against this giant robot thing uh, in a very gray, like square room. So I think that's why I kind of thought, and this is kind of dull looking. Um, but yeah, so maybe it does look great outside of that. I don't know a lot about, well, I do know a bit about Seven. It sounds like that's one of the fights at the start. Yeah, probably. Like right at the start. Yeah. Which is probably all that was ready. <laughs> it looks way better than a PS1 game, so comparatively. <laughs> well, you can get Final Fantasy VII right now on uh, Xbox One, Ben. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. There's, if there's yeah. any chance of me playing this, playing uh, the first 20% in a part system is how I would do it. So I'm actually not disappointed that it's going to be part one, part two, part three, whatever they do. It's uh, like Sea of Solitude. I might actually play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, like, I almost contemplated buying Final Fantasy X for some reason, and then I realized how long it would take me to play it, and I'm proud to say I didn't make the purchase, so. Not interested. I exercised willpower for once. It was great. I had that game on PS2, and I only had six or seven PS2 games, and I kept trying to play it because everyone said how great it is. It's a PS2 classic. I just hated it. I could not get into it at all. And I was like, I, do I not understand games here? Like, it's just, everyone says it's great. And I think it's the worst thing ever. So You don't, because Titus is amazing. So I just can't get into Final Fantasy at, at all. You are done. <laughs> Blitzball, Blitzball was shit, though. So if you said Blitzball was shit, I would give you that. Uh, anyway, uh, look forward to my preview on Final Fantasy VII in the next few days, because it's going to be great, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Uh, on that note, I think we're done. Um, That's it for this week. The news might have uh, been boring, Ben, but it was fun talking about it with you. We had some good games we played. I I don't think the next episode is going to have anything because are there any releases? Oh, it's going to be bad. Is anything coming well, out? Well, and uh, no, not really. And if Zencaster keeps doing this audio drift thing, which you guys have probably noticed in the last couple episodes, I'm very sorry. I've tried to fix it up as best I can. Um, if there's no games, you might take a break until uh, everything's yeah, fixed until up anyway, but out. we'll let you know how it goes. Um. You can follow the site, Survivor, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, with the, that name, Survivor or Survivor.com. Yeah, you can get me at SpriteAU on social media. And Ben, how I about you? I am Ben underscore Salter on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that's us for this week. And he doesn't want you to follow him on Instagram. So too bad. Uh, I always forget to do Instagram. So I'm trying to use it more (laughs) because I'm only in my uh, late 20s. I should know about Instagram, but I just, I don't think to use it ever. 
Anyway, I've got about- Ben is most active on LinkedIn. So make sure you find him on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> Check out his uh, corporate blog. I am <laughs> posting on LinkedIn at least once every four years. So you can follow me there. Cool. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.